Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Genesis chapter 1 tonight. We're kind of continuing to come off of that service we had a few Wednesdays ago and talking about the character of faith. Isaiah, we kind of used a jumping off place, the willing and obedient. You'll eat the good of the land. What does it say in the Message Bible, sweetheart? It says if you're willing and obedient, you'll feast like kings. If, you're, uh, uh, if you rebel and refuse, you'll die like dogs. Amen. Well, none of us want to die like dogs. Amen. We want to, we want to feast like kings. Hallelujah. And so we've been studying some things along that line. And so tonight, I want us to get into some, some subject matter here. Now, let me give you the purpose of it so you won't get off track. Because a lot of times people get off track, uh, you know, they don't hear correctly, and therefore they think there's some other, uh, you know, premeditated purpose in something being said. Now listen, it is my desire as a pastor, and it is the will of God, so that, that makes it pretty good, amen? It is the desire of my, me as a pastor and the desire of God that if something uh, uh, in, the, in the category of the crisis of life were to happen to you, if you were to be diagnosed with something, if something were to happen to your finances, some, some, some event in your family. Let's just put it like this. If there was a t- an attack of the enemy, I mean, I mean a, uh, an attack of the enemy upon you, that you would be able to view it and categorize it as a lie. Amen. No, I mean it. I mean, I mean, if the enemy, if you were standing, you know, there in the in the in the in the hospital room, and the doctor came in. Now you don't have you don't have to just you know go shout in somebody's face or do something like that. But immediately, if he started uh, giving you a bad diagnosis, but in your mind, because you've renewed your mind with the word, and you're and in your spirit, you know that by his stripes you're healed. In your mind, you would not be saying, "Oh my God, oh my God, I've got this. I've got this. Might kill me. Oh, what am I going to do?" In your mind, you'd be doing this. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's not the truth. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. You do it over your finances. Your finances, but man, you've tithed, you've offered, you've given. You know God's got His hand upon your finances. But all of a sudden, this banker's giving you a negative report, or the IRS has called you in, or something like that's happening. And in your mind, you're just going, "Nope, nope, that's not. No, that's a lie. The truth is, my God supplies all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus." And in your heart and in your mind, you continually see that which the enemy tries to produce in your life as a lie. That's why we've coined the phrase over the years, we're not poor old sinners saved by grace. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are not sick trying to get healed. Amen. Listen, you're not sick. That's a lie. You are, you are healed by the stripes. You say, but I've suffered with this all my life. It doesn't matter how long you've suffered with a symptom. The truth is, by His stripes, you're healed. Actually, by His stripes, you were healed. It's done in the past, past tense. And then uh, financially, so Pastor, I've struggled my whole life. I tell you, I get a little money. It seems to go through my hands like water. I don't know what to do about it. Well, thank God. If you tithe, if you offer, God's going to give you wisdom. And one day he's going to show you how to close your fingers. And it's not going to run through your hands like that anymore. And you're going to find yourself in a place of abundance with no, and, and no lack. Because the truth is, you've been made rich in Christ Jesus. Amen. He took your poverty so that you through him might be made rich. Now, Genesis chapter 1, we know the story. In the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void and without form. Now notice that, void and without form. Now, if you study that and study different translations, one of them said, one translation said this, the earth had no function 
And because it had no function, it had no purpose. Amen. So when God began to create, He wanted to create something that had purpose and function, function and purpose. I mean, you know, a dark world wouldn't, wouldn't no, we'd, all, we'd all died centuries ago if there was never any light. So God began the process through His Word. Now notice this. The earth was without form and void. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light. Now since God said that, since God said that, there has been light ever since. I mean, the sun comes up every morning in the east. It goes down every night in the west. The phases of the moon. You know, it's only actually been interrupted one time in history, and that's when God interrupted it for Joshua. And for somehow, I don't know how, but the, with their computers and with different things, they've gone back in time and looked at different ways the stars move. And they've actually documented that there was a period in time, way back thousands of years ago, in which there was a, there was a they called it a hiccup. In the time dimension something something is what they call it. It shows you how smart I am. But I actually saw that on a, on a National Geographic program. And what they were talking about, I knew exactly they were talking about. They were talking about that day that God caused the sun to stay up in the sky so that, so that Joshua could defeat his enemies. Amen? Now, in understanding that, you have to understand God created the earth with His Word, so He created the earth with truth. Because truth is absolute. And no matter who on the earth would get up and say, now listen, we're going to start a campaign. You know, we, we, we're going to get enough votes. We're going to get enough nations to agree. And we're going to stop all this nonsense of only, you know, uh, uh, 12 hours of light or 12 hours. Of, we're going we're gonna to get the sun to do, to do what we want it to do. You're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Amen. And even when man can usurp some of God's laws, you know, you can take an airplane and through the law of thrust and lift, you can fly. I said, you can fly. I said, you can fly. I said, you can fly. For a while. <laughs> Amen. Then you're going to do what? You're going to come back down because there is a law that God put into the earth and those laws are established on His truth. Now listen to this. God uses truth to establish Himself as God. God uses truth to establish Himself as God. Truth is in its most simple definition that, that which God says and that which God does combined in one package. That's why Jesus got up and said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Jesus was the truth of God in manifestation. I've used this illustration for years. If I was going to tell Dustin, hey, Dustin, I'm going I'm to give you $50,000 to your ministry. Just, Dustin would jump and go, woo, hallelujah, amen. And so after a year goes by, he'd probably think, well, you know, Pastor Rusty's a good man. He's just probably saving up the money, believing God for the windfall. Maybe, maybe, maybe he'll give a part of the tithe off that $5 million. I don't know what it'll be, but thank God I'm going to get it. So, you know, and every time I see him, Dustin, I haven't forgot. I'm going to give you that money. I'm going to give you that. And that goes on year after year after year after year. Time would erode my promise to him because the words that I say and the deeds that I do are not lining up. And there would come to a point in this scenario that Dustin would question what I told him. Don't you think God knows that? I said, don't you think God knows that? 
and you're standing in faith and believing God and God saying to you that you're healed and God saying to you that you're blessed, don't you know that He knows time will erode that? But He has built enough power into His Word and He has built a force into His Word called faith which stands up against the time barrier, which stands up against that which the enemy would try to do, and says, this is God. This is what God said. If you will believe it, you'll have it. Amen? Amen? Now, notice this. Truth. Three things about truth. Truth is absolute. Truth is creative. And notice, in creation, God put what into the earth to make it functional? He put structure. Now, truth will do the same thing in your life. Truth, truth will become absolute. Listen, there are some things in your life you need to be absolute about. I mean, you have no wiggle room. You have no wavering. I'm so surprised at so many people how some little bump, a bump them to the right, bump them to the left, or bump them back. Some little opposition to their faith. Some little something that might be said. Some little attack of the adversary. And next thing you know, they forget the truth. Oh, my goodness, you've got to understand something. All right, I'll do that. You have to understand, number one, what you're doing. Now, let me just say this. God has called us here to this island to build a church like has never been built here. God has called us not only to do that here on this island, He's called us to do our part to evangelize the world. Amen? Now, I'm going to show you in just a moment where the devil is. You say, well, where is the devil? De the devil is always in the place where God is moving the most. There is always more devil in the place where God is moving the most than anywhere else. You say, why? Because where God is moving the most is the greatest threat to him. So he's going to do everything he can do to usurp truth, to attack your life, to attack your mind, and try to do what lies do. Lies separate you from God. Now, in understanding that... <laughs> Some of you are going to go, oh no, why'd you do that? <laughs> and understanding that, we've gone out and we've connected ourselves to all kinds of people. People like Pastor Sam Carr. People like Brother Dustin Martin. People like Pastor Mark Brzee. People like Pastor Paul Chase. People like Stan Mathias. People like uh, uh, the McCrays in Australia. People like Ryan and Kimberly Penn. People like Alan and Pat. People like all of these people that do what? That go to these nations. People like Christopher Olam. Could you imagine the demonic attacks that come against his ministry? When you get 1.5 million people in a year saved, you think the devil just going to roll over? Now, what have we done? We've connected our prayer to them. We've connected our faith to them. We've connected our money to them. So what do we get in return from the devil? We get devils from China. We get devils from Africa. We get devils from Ireland. We get devils from Nicaragua. We get devils from all over this world converging upon Galveston Island saying, where in the world are those people that are causing all this havoc in the kingdom of darkness? Come on, church. That's why you can't get your eyes on anything. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Him. Amen. And people say, well, you know, if we, that's why we need to back off a little bit. I'm not going to back off. We're going to continue to press in and press in till we get that God-given breakthrough that He has scheduled for us to do what He has called us to do on a level that nobody's ever done it in this area before. Amen. Amen. Now, truth leads to identity. When God began to create with His truth, with His Word, 
identity began to manifest. All of a sudden, there was the sun. God called it the sun. There was the moon. God called it the moon. There were the stars. God called it the stars. Men did not make these words up. These are God words. Amen. Amen. Just like when you get born again, what do you get? You get a new identity. God does not call you a poor old sinner saved by grace. He calls you a new creature in Christ Jesus. He don't call you poor trying to get rich. He calls you the rich of God using tithing and offering to appropriate what belongs to you. He doesn't call you sick trying to get healed. He calls you the healed of God because by His stripes you are healed. Amen. Amen. When you understand that, then you begin to understand some of the dynamics of the, of the kingdom. He gives you He gives you. Identity, out of identity comes three things. Out of identity comes character, amen, comes value, and comes uniqueness. Have you ever thought about valuing the Son? You never do, do you? You never think about, Lord, I thank you for the Son. You know, if you pray like that, people people lost their mind. But if you ever did not have it for 30 seconds and then it was put back in place, you'd be going like this, thank you for the sun. (laughs) Come on, church. God gave that big ball of fire out there in the universe somewhere, some million miles from us. He gave it value. He gave it a character. It's what it is. It's unique in its character. He gave it value, and he made it unique. Uh, I heard something the other day. There was some, somebody on TV was talking about the earth and talking about how if we were 100 miles closer to it, the sun would burn up. 100 miles away from the sun, we'd be frozen solid. Isn't it amazing that God knew the exact trajectory to put the earth, trajectory to put the earth in to keep us all alive? It's a miracle of God, part of God's truth and part of God's creation. We have truth. Everybody say truth. We have identity. Everybody say have identity. So out of truth and identity come purpose. Everybody say purpose. Now with purpose, you're relevant. Amen? The sun was put there for a purpose. You know, it's more relevant to some than it is to others. You take, you, take, you take people that suffer under a drought. You take people that need it to grow crops. You take people who depend on it, then it's more relevant to us to just walk under it every day and never pay any attention to it. Amen? Now, notice not only that, relevance, uh, out of pur- it gives it purpose. Out of purpose comes relevance. Out of relevance comes a motivation. Everybody say motivation. See, God was motivated to put the earth in the correct orbit and allow the sun to shine it just the way it gives us life on the earth. Out of all of that, it comes grace. All of this demands grace in operation. And if you want anything operating in you, for you, and through you, it is the grace of God. And if the devil wants to mess up anything in your life, if he wants to destroy anything in your life, he wants to destroy the implementation of God's grace in every area of your life. Now, we see down through the, through the Scripture, creation going on, all that God's doing in creation. Uh, God said, let the waters bring forth. Uh, God blessed them. Then we get down to verse 26. Now notice this. And God said, now he's still speaking what, church? Anybody remember? Truth. Everybody say truth, which is absolute. We studied truth and then all the other things that were connected to it there. Truth, identity, purpose, three things, and then nine things connected to the three things. Amen. You say, where'd you get all that? God gave them to me. I can show you scripture for every one of them. 
Now notice what it said. And God said, let us, everybody say us, make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Amen? So listen, listen. This is, this, I, I tell you, you'll like this, Dustin. You get this and preach it. God created man in truth. The seed of God that brought forth man was the Word of God. And, and Jesus said in, in John chapter 17, Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy Word is thy truth. We are a product of the truth of God. Creation is a product of a truth of God. And when God wanted to reproduce Himself upon the earth, the seed of God was His truth. I'll take it a step further. You say, how can you say that? When Jesus was conceived upon this earth, he was conceived by the Word of God, which is the truth of God. And when he burst forth out of Mary's womb, the truth came into the earth for the first time in 4,000 years. Until you got born again and the truth came back into the earth again because you're now in Christ. That's another, another don't, don't shout too loud on that one. That's another one coming up soon. So he made us. He created us in truth which gave us all those other things, identity and purpose and value and all that stuff. It says in verse uh, uh, 28, and God blessed them. Now that word blessed is the word empowerment. God empowered them and said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the earth. Now notice this, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So if it moves upon the earth, I've created and established man in truth, which is absolute. So I guarantee you there's nothing that God put upon this earth that man was not created to have dominion over, including the devil. Amen. Now, we're not in redemption yet. We're still in creation. Amen. So here's this, this God, and he's reproducing himself in truth. He's giving man identity. He's giving man value. He's giving man purpose. He's giving man all these wonderful attributes, all these great things. He's giving man all of this. It's amazing. Where am I here? Here we go. And then it says, chapter 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, man, now God empowers man to be upon the earth. You say, what do you mean by that? You, you are not on the earth legally unless you're in a body. So out of, oh, I don't know if I ought to do that. Out of truth comes empowerment. He didn't leave a little weakling down there cowering over everything that God had created. He put a reproduction of himself. Now, please don't don't write me on this one because, you know, you say things and, and then sometimes you think, why did I say that? But you can't get past the reality that God in heaven with a big G put a God on earth with a little g and said, this is yours. This is yours. Now, as long as it's yours, you're going to replenish you're going to reproduce. You're going to be a threat to anything that's a threat to me. 
and you're going to be blessed. Man, when you begin to think about pre, the pre-fall of, of, of man, how the fall has affected everything, the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom. Listen, there were no stinging mosquitoes. There were no stinging wasps. There were no biting snakes. There were not, uh, there were not animals eating animals. Uh, I mean, you get, you, you get into the fall. We, we're so used to it because we live in it. I'll tell you, one of the most violent places in the earth is under the sea. We were fishing the other day, and we were using uh, some live shrimp about that big. And I would not want to be a shrimp because they got a three-way curse upon them. Either that speckled trout wants them, or that seagull wants them, or that guy in that boat wants them. <laughs> hey, man, I mean, they, they live, they're living under the curse. I don't know what a shrimp did, but it did something. I mean, <laughs> but now notice this. The Lord God planted a garden eastward of Eden. So everywhere God puts someone, he puts them in a place with a purpose. Everybody say, place with a purpose. He says, and the Lord God planted a garden east uh, in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made uh, to grow every tree. Everybody say, every tree that is pleasant to the sight is good for food. The tree of life also is in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now notice this. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted, and became into four heads. And the name of the first was Pison, that is, which compassed the whole land of Halava, which where there is gold. Everybody say, where there is gold. Now notice this. And the gold of that land is... Say it again. So God, through His truth, establishes a law of prosperity. Everybody say, gold is good. See, the churches have taught for years, it's better to be poverty. I tell you, the love of money is the root of all evil. Did not say money was the root of all evil. It says the love of it is. And there are people that got tons of it, and they're full of evil. And there's people that have none of it, and they're still full of evil. Amen? And if God wouldn't have said, now look, Adam, check this out. Now, see this? This is gold. This is valuable. This is good. This is just a rock. We wouldn't have known that. Then not only he shows him that, he says, And the name of the second is Gahan, which, which that that accompanieth the land of Ethiopia. The name of the third is Hidekiel, which goeth uh, toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded, saying, Now notice this, the Lord God commanded. Now what's he doing? What's God doing? The Lord God commanded. What's he doing? He is releasing truth now in the form of a command. Oh, be careful, church. Oh, be careful. Read your Bible. When you see Jesus commanded or God commanded, be very careful how you receive that. When He commands, He commands in truth, and He commands to benefit you. Mm -mm. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but, there was a but, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The rest of the scripture here, we find a helpmate being made. Then we come to chapter 3. Now, since we've looked just a little bit at truth, and we know a little bit about what truth is, let's look at a lie. Everybody say a lie. It is the ultimate purpose of your adversary to convince you that a lie is the truth. Now let me say that again. 
It is the ultimate purpose of your adversary to convince you that a lie is the truth. Now, the lie that the enemy wants you to be convinced of is the truth tainted. I go back to my fishing trip today. I was out fishing. I started using these little bitty wire hooks. Uh, I used to use treble hooks, but they always just tore up the fish, and the ones I wanted to throw back were always bleeding or something. So I got these little, they're, they're kind of a, 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 they're a croaker hook, but they're real small, and it's almost, they're almost like a wire. Now, I put a big old shrimp on that hook, and I threw it out there. Now, that, that, that shrimp for that trout is the truth. Amen? I mean, you take a nice big three or four pound trout, he's, he's, that's not his first experience with a shrimp. Amen? He's probably been eating shrimp his whole life. He knows what a shrimp looks like. He knows how a shrimp tastes. And when he sees a shrimp, he's going, goody, goody, goody. There's a shrimp. There's a shrimp. I want that shrimp. I want that shrimp. I want that shrimp. Now, if you were a trout evangelist and you went down there and said, okay, we all love shrimp, just like everybody else loves shrimp. You know, evangelist uh, Dustin Speckled Trout. And he's down there in the middle of them going, you know, we all love shrimp. We love shrimp. Shrimp's of God. Shrimp's good. But you got to be careful because in some of these shrimp, there's a little piece of wire. It's not very big, but it's got a sharp point and a barb. And its purpose is to lure you through the shrimp onto itself. So once you get onto itself, you're no longer in control. The one that's in control is the one on the other end of that wire. That makes me hungry right now. Go home and fry some fish. Amen. Now, you think about that, well, fish is dumb. That's not, that's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm trying to make the point that the enemy does not really come to God's children and place blatant lies in front of you. What he does is he tries to get some component or some element of the truth. I've talked to people for years. It's amazing. People many times that I find messed up and sideways with their pastor. Man, when I used to travel, Dustin, I'm telling you many times, I'd have conversations with people, and they would just be saying all, all this stuff would become. And I think to myself, where did you get that? And what happened was is they swallowed something that hooked them. And now they're no longer in control, and neither is the shrimp but the one who's on the end of the line. That's the enemy trying to put you in the ice chest. Amen. Now, here we go. I got just a couple of minutes to do this. It says, now the serpent. Everybody say the serpent. Now, what did God say about animals? Any animal. Flying, swimming, creeping, doesn't matter. What did he say about it? And what, and what he said was what? Truth. So if he had dominion, then he had dominion. That's it. God said it. That's it. That's it. Absolute. So here comes what? A serpent more subtle, more crafty than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. Now notice this. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. Now notice this. Ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden. You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now notice that again. He said unto the woman, Hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now listen. 
Mm. Every hook of the enemy is a question in the form of a suggestion. Now let me say that again. Because there's another way to preach this. I'm not preaching that tonight. This is the way we're going this direction so that you can see how, how, how truth works and how lies work. Because I want you to be able to tell cancer, you're a lie. I want you to be able to tell bankruptcy, you're a lie. Amen. And any other, anything else that tries to come in and destroy your life, your marriage, your family, your home, anything like that. You say, why? Because we're creatures of the truth. We're creatures of the truth. So here comes this question in the form of, of a suggestion. Now, in preaching on other things, we know that, 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 that it was an illegal access. You say, what do you mean like that? He had no right. Satan had no right to be there, but he took the right. So he's there illegally. He's there illegally. He's usurping authority that God had placed in the garden. He didn't go to the man. He went to the woman. Amen. There's all kinds of things we could put in there, but we're going this direction. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, now that's not what God said. God said, You shall surely die. And those questions in the form of a suggestion always bump you off of the reality of the truth. Well, you know, what does it what, what what does it say? Let me go look wait, let me go look that up. Many times you're too late. You've already been hooked. Amen. Now notice this, verse four. Now here's here's the ultimate. Mm. I may have to stop here, but 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 y'all come back next week. Is this helping anybody? Now notice this. The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Now, anybody know what that is? That's a lie. We've been dying ever since then. Three ways. Spiritual death, physical death, eternal death. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. But Satan, who is the what? The father of lies, which means he is the what? Now say it again. He is the, this may help some of you. He is the what? The father of lies. Jesus said it like this. And the truth is not in him. So you must understand that the reproductive seed of Satan is a lie. Amen. Now let me say that again. That means lies are designed to reproduce. And the reproductive seed of our adversary, Satan, is a lie. He wants you to embrace a lie. He wants you to believe a lie. He wants you to, 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 he wants you to live in a lie. Listen, and it's amazing how the whole earth for 6,000 years has fallen for that. Tornadoes are not an act of God. The only, the only whirlwind God ever produced caused enlightenment. Earthquakes are not of God. The early earthquakes ever produced in the Word of God did not destroy any buildings, but it caused everybody's shackles to fall off. But our society, our fallen society, will blame God for every negative thing or question why God has allowed negative things. It's a lie. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it in abundance. Amen. Remember we, we, we were talking about how, how, how Satan 
hurled this thought into the mind of Judas. The Bible says the devil took him over. And he went directly to the Sanhedrin and literally committed high treason against Jesus Christ, our Savior. Well, we thank God he did because redemption came out of that. But what did it cost Judas? Everything. It cost him everything. Amen. And when you begin to see how this thing runs its course, look at this. God doth not know in the day you eat thereof. Your eyes shall be open. You shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. They were already as gods. They didn't have to know good and evil to be the gods. They were already the gods. Mm. Now notice this. When the woman saw the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to what? Make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat. Gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. I'm gonna come out, we're going to come back and look at that next week. Now notice this. The eyes of them both were open. They knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together, made themselves aprons. They, they, they began to supply for themselves what God had already supplied. Now notice, here's the part I want to close with tonight. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. Now, everybody say, they heard. I don't know if it was two days or two million years that they were in the garden. But obviously there was a routine in the garden of the creator, of the giver of truth and life, coming down and fellowshipping with his creation. Amen. So they, they knew his voice, but this time the response to his voice was different. The, re the response to his voice got altered. Instead of running to him, they ran from him. Amen. Instead of embracing him, they went the other direction. And basically, God had to address something that man was never created to inherit, and that was fear. He said, I was afraid. Why'd you hide yourself? I was afraid. And this brings us to the last point, which was the question that Adam got wrong. You say, what do you mean that he got wrong? When God said, Adam, did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of. <laughs> Here's how, this, this is how a lie will run its course. This shows you how strong rebellion. I think God's about had it up to here with rebellion. You say, what do you mean by it? Look at the wars. Look at the death. Look at the hurt. Look at the pain. So here he is. He's, he's, he's going, all right. I made you in my likeness and in my image. You've had one encounter with iniquity. You've had one encounter with fear. Surely, Adam, you can get this right. Did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of? Did you eat? It's not hard. It's not complicated. It's not an equation. It's a one-word answer. I'm pulling for you, Adam. I'm pulling for you. I know you've got it in it. Give it to me. Give it to me. And what does Adam say? Is that woman? You know what he was saying when he said, is that woman? He's saying, it's you, God. You've caused all this. Which is what? Does anybody know what that is? That is a lie. And we think we can just kind of bounce through life, not paying attention, not keeping our eyes focused. 
not praying, staying and living in the Word and think we're not vulnerable to this stuff. They, now, where was, where, was, where was the devil moving the most? In the garden. Where God had created, where God had released truth, where God had done all these wonderful things. He's in there trying to corrupt that, mess that up. And what's he trying to do it with? The only thing he's got going for him is a lie. And for some reason, he has become so adapt at doing this. He did it in heaven before he did it on earth. He convinced a third of the angels with a lie to follow him into perdition and there they'll be for eternity. <laughs> you want a little preview of coming attractions? After a thousand year millennial run, what's that going to be like? Where we're in glorified bodies, operating in the fullness of the gifts of the Spirit, restoring a destroyed earth. Jesus is Lord. Ruling from his throne in Jerusalem. There's an obvious deity on the earth. And there's a theocracy ruling the earth. And then the devil is loosed for what? A season. And what does he do? He starts a rebellion through a lie. See, some things never change. He hadn't got enough sense to say, well, you know, I think I'm going to be cool this time. I think I'll just keep my mouth shut, you know, because I tell you, it's really cost me a lot. He ain't smart enough to do that. And the problem is, and this is where we're going to pick it up next week, our whole lives, more than we've been conditioned with the truth of God's Word, we've been conditioned with lies. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, to point or blame or do anything like that. I'm just saying it's in everything. It's in entertainment. It's in business. It's in government. It's in education. I mean, you show me one thing on this earth that doesn't have any lies in it. So our whole lives, we're conditioned with that. And we have to understand God has done what? He's given us. Jesus said it the best. I, I can't say it better than him. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Our life here on this earth is literally a battle to free ourselves from the lies of this, of this, what can we call it, of this fallen world system that lies in just about every area. I've been so amused at this current president. We've prayed over every president. We pray over everybody that's president. We have no favorites around here. Amen. We pray for Obama. We pray for all of them. Amen. But this guy here has something in him that just irritates the fire out of people. Because he calls just about everything anybody says about, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a Now, do you know what has happened because of that? He's got people wanting to string him up. There are people, elect me, and we'll, what is it called? We'll, uh, we'll impeach him. Why? Because he dared challenge a lie. Brother, when you start challenging lies in this society, and in this fallen world, when you start, I mean, you go walk into a hospital tomorrow and say, hey, I'm going to go pray for every cancer patient because the Bible says, by his stripes are here. They'll, they'll, they'll usher you in, put a nice straight jacket on you, put you in a nice little room. Are you walking here speaking? Oh, let's just, let's just cast the devil out of here. Let's get all these demons of cancer, all these demons of leukemia. Let's just get them. They'll, they'll tie you up, run you off. 
Why would they do that? It's because this system we live in does not run on the truth. Our system does. That's why our system is so opposite of the divine system. And God wants you living in the truth. Amen? Does that help you tonight? Lift up your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you tonight. Thank you for the reality of the truth of the Word. Let the truth of your Word touch our hearts, embrace our spirits, control our lives, regulate our emotions, and keep us on the path that you've called us to be on our entire life. We ask that humbly, reverently, knowing that you hear and answer prayer. We ask it for ourselves. We ask it for our church. And we ask it that we may be a blessing in the earth. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Stand on your feet this evening. Father, we bless your name. Now, Lord, as is our custom, we claim the protection and safety afforded us by your word. Thank you so much. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Thank you, Lord. In our travels, in the righteous labor of our hands, Lord, in all that we put our hand to, thank you that we're protected out on the ocean, down at the medical branch, up in the, up in the UTMB, all over. Businesses, jobs, education, no matter what it may be. Thank you, Father. We're protected. Lord, thank you for the door of utterance. Let us be bearers of truth. Lord, we know that's not an easy task. We know that, Lord, when you bear the truth, there's reproach. So, Father, we desire to bear your truth wherever we go, to be your truth wherever we go in Jesus' name. Let us be a blessing to people, an answer to prayer, and a problem to the devil. Thank you, Father, as we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. Thank you tonight, Lord, as we leave. Thank you. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thank you for our church. We walk in love toward one another, and we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.